This podcast is brought to you by Bruner Communications, your best resource for public speaking, presentation, and storytelling skills. Visit lizbruner.com and take your skills to the next level. Be authentic. Get behind something you love and are passionate about. That is the mantra my guest lives by. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Live Your Best Life with Liz Bruner. I'm Liz, and my guest today is an accomplished leader in driving sales for a variety of media ventures over her entire career. But in 2021, she recreated herself with her next chapter and started her own business. Her passion for female founders was the impetus behind the launch of Raise Her Collaborative. Kristen Standish, welcome to my podcast. Oh, well, thank you so much for having us, Liz. You know, it's so fun. In full disclosure, Kristen and I have gotten to know one another over this past year. And so I'm delighted that we could actually finally make this happen today. As am I. You are the founder and CEO of Raise Her Collaborative, and you call it a full-service accelerator agency. What does that mean? And how did you come up with the name Raise Her? It's all about coming together and finding a way to raise other business professionals up. As a founder and an older founder, I realized there were so many of my contemporaries out there that either needed access to a designer, access to a PR specialist, funding. And I was like, you know what? Why don't I create somewhat of an incubator here of all of these amazing women, for the most part, that I've come across throughout my career that all of a sudden had kind of pivoted, created an agency that was full service, really focusing on meaningful influencer work. So we work with a lot of brands that are trying to break through the clutter, but might be a little bit older and coming out through social media and all of those challenges that are presented in starting a business. The agency side of it was something I've done for a long time. I'm very familiar with the ad community and digital marketing and influencer marketing. But then as things evolved, it turned more into a private member community. I decided that I wanted to have a community where we had a membership base Mm -hmm. and that we really attracted curious minds that were interested in other things than just their own business. So the company is kind of twofold. It's the private member community, and then it is this accelerator agency for women-founded and mission-driven brands. So let's talk about the community side of things, because Mm -hmm. you do have a lot of events. And full disclosure again, I was fortunate to have you have your community put on one of my book signing events. We had so much fun that night, and Mm -hmm. it was both men and women who were in attendance. But what is the goal of this community? You touched on it a moment ago, but fill in a few more blanks for us. The goal of the community is to create a tribe where we can come together and say yes to each other on collaborations and clear a path for curious minds. We want to raise her up socially, intellectually, and professionally. Growing up, my dad was a a mason. I can remember him saying, if you want something done, you go see another Mason. And I thought to myself, my whole career, I never had that. I was always a woman in the room, banging elbows with other men. And then God forbid you tried to bring up another woman because they only wanted one woman in the room. And then you were afraid that they'd bump you out because you made too much noise. And I'm like, that's not the way it's got to be anymore. So I want to create a community of women that actually want to say yes to each other and clear a path forward. And we have our own infrastructure where 
If you need something, you want something done, we know who to get you to. And hopefully when my daughter grows up, Abigail and Lisa's daughter, Sadie and and Lucy grow up and Sonia's daughter grows up, that there's a community that they can be part of that can get stuff done. That's my like high hope. In the short term, if we can make something happen in Boston, New York, and grow the community, I'd be very happy. But if I could make it a mission to clear the path for younger women, that's my end goal. Well, you've started that. Now let's go backwards a little bit because prior to launching this collaborative, the community and the Raise Her collaboration, for more than 20 years, you did work in sales management in emerging media. Mm-hmm. You were in radio, you were in newspaper, you were in magazines, and for a long time, you were the publisher of the prestigious Boston Magazine. Mm-hmm. And you touched just a moment ago on what some of the challenges were. What was the biggest leadership challenge that you had to face? First of all, second and third generation owned family businesses is always challenging. I worked for the Phoenix Media Group, Stephen Mindish, then his son took over, who was my intern, by the way. So all sorts of weird family dynamics. And when you're not one of the family, it's very challenging. But being a woman inside of family-owned businesses that you're not related to is exceptionally challenging. I ran into roadblocks where the older fathers, they were the ones that had the vision and the talent. And then their kids took over less passionate, less talented, maybe not as present. And I was super passionate. And I wanted to shape the culture and create sort of a movement and bringing in great events and putting content on stage way back before the internet and social media. And I had a vision, but I wasn't really allowed to have my vision. Right. It was their vision. It was their money. But I think in my mind, I was always an entrepreneur without money. And now I'm an entrepreneur without money. Um, Anyway, but it was challenging because one, I was younger. Mm -hmm. Two, I was not related. Three, I wasn't a man. They tolerated me. What I thought was interesting (laughs) is that you've talked about how one of your bosses, who actually became a mentor of yours, but he basically said to you, look, Kristen, people aren't going to like you. Mm -hmm. Men are going to be intimidated by you. Mm -hmm. You're never going to be accepted as one of the boys. Mm -hmm. How did you handle that back then, and what did it teach you now? Oh, my gosh, it was the best piece of advice. And actually, it was when I was in radio. I was accused of doing something that any one of my male counterparts could have done and gotten away with, but it turned out to be a huge deal. And because I'm a fiery redhead and, not going to lie, somewhat attractive, It was very easy for them to assume or put me in a situation where I did something that was provocative or wrong. My boss said at the time, he goes, just own it. Come right out and say, yeah, I absolutely did that. It was so fun. But there was a level of like a storyline that would come along with what Kristen Standish did or where she was. And he was like, just own it yeah. and, and come right out and say, hey, if you heard that room and you want to know the truth, I'll tell you, it's way better than what you've heard. And just to own it. And now, come on, look at how things have changed. You can come out and admit now that you've been fired. You can come out and admit even if you had alcohol problems or problems in your marriage, it's a badge of honor now. And I think like, When we were coming up, oh no, you hid everything. If you had an argument at home or you couldn't get to an appointment, you you did everything you could to hide the reality of the challenges in your life. And now it's like, well, I'm going to celebrate the fact that I'm a single mom and that 
you know, I'm, I'm embracing all of these challenges because it's making me who I am and hopefully showing my daughter like what it takes that you need to have that grit and determination and be yourself. It is. It's, it's life. We all have to go through that. Yeah. I don't have to tell you launching a business is not easy. Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> and half of them fail within the first year. Mm-hmm. What advice do you have on how to build a passion-driven business mm-hmm. and how do you do it later in life? Because so many people have said to me, and you probably hear it too, oh, it's too late for me, I can't start. I started my business in my mid-50s. What advice do you have? Being part of this Razor Collaborative, I have several women that are my age or older that have done the same thing. So hearing from them and learning from them and seeing how courageous they are, they were so decidedly determined to create a product or to create something that helped and impacted other women. I just love being around those people. So even though I'm an an entrepreneur in a small business, I've got all these people that are doing it too. And I see that it's a real movement. So I have that network of people that I can learn from and grow from and see they're going through the pain too. We might all look like we've got our together on (laughs) Instagram and You know, but the fact of the matter is, it is very hard. The one piece of advice that I might give is be prepared financially to perhaps fund your vision with another job. Like I gave it all up and I invested all my money into building my business and the income didn't come fast enough. I can always remember on Shark Tank, the blonde there. I think you're talking about Lori Grenier. Yes. And she went back and took a job so that she could fund her business. And I, I didn't think of that. I didn't think like, oh, I can work and do this and build it up. I thought I had to go all in. And I might suggest keep your paycheck, work your, your dream, your vision, maybe do that for a year and then rip the Band-Aid off. Yeah. I think it's very hard to make that distinction and that decision, mm-hmm. and particularly later in life when you have responsibilities. Mm-hmm. You have a family, you have a mortgage, you have this, you have that. It's harder. You talked about being a single parent and mm-hmm. having your daughter as an entrepreneur. There's always the question of how do you balance it all? Mm-hmm. In your opinion, is there such a thing as balance? No, um, I don't think there's balance. I think every day you're teetering on who am I going to drop the ball on? How am I going to make this all happen? And you just try to be as graceful as you can, knowing you're going to let somebody down or miss something and not beat yourself up. And today was a good example. My daughter was sick this morning. I still had to go through with all my appointments. We have a big event. But living in the city was so great because I popped across the street. She's 12 now, so she's fine. I could come over and see you. But it was a challenge because I had to balance how am I going to do all this and keep all my meetings. And, you know, I'm sure I'm not being mother of the year. My daughter's sick right now, but, but I'm here, right? And she said to me, Mom, knock them dead on the way out. I know you got it, you know? I think her seeing me do the best I can but still moving forward mm. is really important. And I love you talking about, you know, your daughter saying that to you, you know, go get them. Because I know one of your other mantras is don't ask permission. Take those risks, Mm -hmm. which you have done. What do you hope your daughter is learning by watching you? Being who you are and expressing yourself and what makes you happy is really so important. 
and not worrying about how other people measure you, but to really just be the human that you are. Follow what it is that makes you happy. And I think she does see that. And I just love my kids so much. And I know it sounds crazy, but she's so kind. She's understanding. She's warm. And she has this sense of humor that is hilarious. And, you know, she sees me saying and doing things that might be a little edgy or out there. You edgy out yeah, there, right? No. <laughs> but she's she's like that. Yeah. She's gregarious and she goes for it. And is she struggling in an area? And she's like, well, you know what? I'm not normal. I don't want to be normal, mom. I want to be exceptional at what I love. And I might not be great at this. And and I'm like, you're right. It's a, it's okay. So I think she might be learning. Like, okay, maybe she won't be for everybody. I know I'm not, but. Being true to yourself and knowing that you're a good human and that you have like something that really matters to you that you're passionate about, she knows she can kind of follow that path. What did you want to be when you were growing up? Oh, you should ask that. Okay, I wanted to be a news anchor. Oh my gosh, <laughs> how did I not know that? <laughs> you know, I, um, I was in theater. I wanted to be a news anchor. I actually got a gig in Portland, Maine, right out of school. And I was engaged to a really nice Canadian gentleman that moved down there. And I got up there and I realized I didn't want to be engaged. And I left. And then I wanted to be an actress too. And I was doing stage and theater. And I'll tell you what, I hated not making money. And I realized I wasn't that talented in either one of those areas. And I didn't want to struggle financially, so I went into sales. And I realized, <laughs> you know what? I can be theatrical. I can be passionate. I can be entertaining, and I can listen, and I can solve problems. And I just found myself in media, which was a great kind of, you know, the culture, working in the industry, but not in front of the camera. But I did want to be a news anchor. That's so funny. <laughs> All right, I do know this about you. I didn't know that, but I do uh-huh. know this, that you recently learned to sail, and you even bought a sailboat. Oh, I do. And you received your RYA Day Skipper certification. Mm-hmm. Why this passion for sailing? Where did this come from? Well, I am a Standish and related to Captain Miles Standish, so clearly it's in my blood. <laughs> the DNA um, is the there. The DNA is there, <laughs> and he was a redhead. So, But all kidding aside, I lived on the ocean, for a very long time, 22 years. And every day I drove down my hill and I took a right to come into Boston every single day and go to work. When the pandemic hit, I discovered where I lived and I started to take a left and the left was to the yacht club and to the ocean. And and I had a really dear friend who taught celestial navigation at Harvard and he was not teaching. I was working from home and he goes, Kristen, buy a sailboat. And I'm like, what? But buy a sailboat? Buy a sailboat? (laughs) And he's like, "Um, yes, buy a sailboat. And I said, hmm, okay. And so I went down to the boatyard, and there's this awesome older woman, Karen Fallett. She's 80, and she's working on her sailboat. And I go, Karen, can I come up and work with you on on your sailboat? And she's like, what do you mean, can you come up and work on my sailboat? Of course, get up here. I can take all the help I can get. We work on her sailboat for two weeks. And she goes, you know, I'm selling my sailboat to you. And I said, you're what? She's like, yeah, my husband, he's getting 
little senile, and he can't sail his own boat by himself. So it's time we become a one-boat family. This is 44 years of them having two sailboats. And she goes, my only requirement is that I get to see you sail. There's a day called splash when you put your boats in the water. So I had helped her prepare the boat, and I splashed the boat, and it became my boat. So I bought that boat, really just trying to do some, like, sweat equity, see if I like the work. The next thing you know, my friend Max, he comes and lives with Abby and I for the whole summer. I sailed 74 days in a row. Got my RYA certification because he taught that. Owned a sailboat. Ended up, like, the keys to the kingdom because I got her boat. I got her spot on the wharf. I got a membership to the Dory Club. (laughs) I um, became a sailor. And then all of a sudden, these amazing opportunities opened up to me because of my love for sailing. And it's just been transformational in the person that I've become. And uh, the limitations that I've had, I don't have those anymore. Like, I know I can learn Mm -hmm. things. I know I can do hard things. And I just love sailing so much. What does it feel like to be on the water? Oh, I love it because, um, one, you never really know what conditions are going to happen. So you really have to be prepared. Two, it's this sense of tranquility with no other people around. I still, because I'm such a new sailor, have this sense of accomplishment and pride Yeah, that I know how to read charts (laughs) and I don't have a motor and I don't have equipment so everything I do is from what I learned about navigation and that in the sailing community in and of itself has made me a badass. (laughs) What I love about all of that you're never too old to learn something new and that's what keeps you young is learning and growing and pushing yourself out of your comfort zone. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Where does the beekeeping come in? I don't know. I haven't done that yet. Oh, okay. I thought I read that. Okay. Oh, you know what? I want to do it. Oh, you want to do yes, it. Yes, but that was something that I passed on after I sold my house because I don't think being on Newbury Street would really be a Probably good, good not. idea. Probably <laughs> okay. no, no. Kristen, what is your superpower? There is no stopping me. If I see it and I want it, I will get it. And I will find a way to make it happen. If I see it and I believe in it and I want it, I go after it. There's no getting in my way. And it's not like I'm powering over people to get there. I'm trying to form meaningful relationships on both sides so that it's beneficial. But if I want something really badly and I believe in it, I'm going to fight for it and get it. Folks, if you want to learn more about Kristen and the Raise Her Collaborative, just log on to raiseher.com. And that's R-A-Z-H-E-R dot com. Kristen, thank you so much for sharing your story. And clearly the passion is coming through about not only empowering women and promoting women, but just creating those kinds of relationships, which I think are so important in this world today. Thank you. Well, thank you, Liz. And thanks to you folks for listening. May Kristen's story inspire you to give yourself permission to not only own who you are, but no matter what your age is, you can do it. Just follow your passion and purpose. Until next time, be well. This podcast is brought to you in part by Fast Twitch Media, helping people tell their stories and giving them worldwide reach. 
The future is in the cloud, and fast twitch media can take you there. Be your best digital self. Check out fasttwitchmedia.space.